anything and everything. Do you ever wonder how to? Do you ever wonder why? About anything and everything. Then Doris is your guy. Anything and everything will open your mind. Anything and everything with Doris. Anything and everything with Doris is online. Remember. Remember. Anything and everything with Doris. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to the Anything and Everything with Doris podcast, and I am your host, Doris. This episode is brought to you by WYSK Spark Radio, where they play uplifting music to get you through the day. You can find it on Live 365 Spark Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2021. If you are listening to this, then you survived one of the toughest years our country has ever seen in 2020. I know we are all praying for a better year in 2021. I believe one of the reasons we have had so much chaos over the past years is because not many people are learning or have learned about our American history, or world history for that matter. Instead, We are taking statues down, canceling people that a particular group deems not fit for today's morals and so forth. Society has become so anti-everything that many people have no idea what they should do or say or even believe for fear of losing everything. I ran across an article in my email this past weekend It talks about a time in our history that was not so different than what is going on today. This brings us to 1776 and gives us a glimpse of what Americans were going through and fighting for and how they fared. This was written by one of my favorite authors and historians, William J. Federer. And you can see this very article on his website at www.americanminute.com. In today's era of hostility toward freedoms of religion and conscience, it is important to be reminded of challenges Americans have faced in the past. At the beginning of the Revolutionary War, As the American army was being chased out of New York and New Jersey, Thomas Paine, an aide-de-camp to General Nathaniel Greene, anonymously wrote The American Crisis. In the freezing cold, not having a table in camp, Paine used the head of a drum for his desk. He signed it The Common Sense. It was immediately published in the Pennsylvania Journal, December 19, 1776. General George Washington was so moved by the American crisis that he ordered it to be read out loud to his troops, rallying them not to disperse at the end of the year when their six-month enlistment was up. This was vital to keep the army together prior to the Battle of Trenton. In the American Crisis, Thomas Paine wrote, These are the times that try men's souls. 
the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Heaven knows how to put a price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed, if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Payne went on. Britain, with an army to enforce her tyranny, has declared that she has a right not only to tax, but to bind us in all cases whatsoever. And if that is not slavery, then is there not such a thing as slavery? So unlimited a power can belong only to God. God Almighty will not give up a people to military destruction who have so earnestly sought to avoid the calamities of war. Neither have I so much of the infidel in me as to suppose that he has relinquished the government of the world to the care of devils. I cannot see on what grounds the King of Britain can look up to heaven for help against us, a common murderer, a highwayman, or a housebreaker. Payne wrote further, "'Tis surprising to see how rapidly a panic will sometimes run through a country. All nations and ages have been subject to them. Britain has trembled like a fever at the report of a French fleet of flat-bottomed boats." And in the 15th century, the whole English army, after ravaging the kingdom of France, was driven back like men petrified with fear by a few broken forces headed by a woman, Joan of Arc. Would that heaven inspire some Jersey maid to spirit up her countrymen and save her fellow sufferers from ravage and ravishment? Payne added, I am as confident as I am that God governs the world, that America will never be happy till she gets clear of foreign dominion. Let it be told to the future world that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to repulse it Throw not the burden of the day upon providence, but show your faith by your works, that God may bless you. Payne's line, show your faith by your works, is a quote from James chapter 2, verse 18. His line, throw not the burden of the day upon providence, was echoing a phrase of Connecticut Governor Jonathan Trumbull who told General Washington in August of 1776, in this day of calamity, to trust altogether to the justice of our cause, without our utmost exertion, 
would-be tempting providence. March on. This shall be your warrant. Play the man for God and for the cities of our God. May the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, be your captain, your leader, your conductor and savior. Thomas Paine continued in The American Crisis. It matters not where you live or what rank of life you hold. The evil will reach you. The blood of his children will curse his cowardice, who shrinks back at a time when a little might have saved the whole. I love the man that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress and grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink, but he whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue his principles unto death. Pain continued, Not all the treasures of the world could have induced me to support an offensive war, for I think it murder. But if a thief breaks into my house, burns and destroys my property, and threatens to kill me or those that are in it, and to bind me in all cases whatsoever, to his absolute will, am I to suffer it? Let them call me rebel. I feel no concern from it. But I should suffer the misery of devils were I to make a whore of my soul by swearing allegiance to one whose character is that of a sottish, stupid, stubborn, worthless, brutish man. I conceive likewise a horrid idea in receiving mercy from a being who at the last day shall be shrieking to the rocks and mountains to cover him and fleeing with terror from the orphan, the widow, and the slain of America. Now, Payne was referring to the last day of judgment as prophesied in the book of Hosea, chapter 10, verse 8. Then they will say to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. The Gospel of Luke stated, chapter 23, verses 28 to 30, Jesus turned to them and said, The days are coming when they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. This is also prophesied in the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 19. Men will flee to caves in the rocks and holes in the ground, away from the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. The apocalyptic book of Revelation, chapter 6, verse 15 and 16 states, And the kings of the earth and the great men hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. Thomas Paine continued in The American Crisis. There are persons, too, who see not the full extent of the evil which threatens them. They solace themselves with hopes that the enemy, if he succeeds, 
will be merciful. It is the madness of folly to expect mercy from those who have refused to do justice, and even mercy, where conquest is the object, is only a trick of war. The cunning of the fox is as murderous as the violence of the wolf, and we ought to guard equally against both. In the American crisis, Payne warned that men must be fools who surrender their weapons in exchange for a promise of peace. British General Howe's first object is, partly by threats and partly by promises, to terrify or seduce the people to deliver up their arms and receive mercy. This is what the Tories call making their peace, a peace which would be the immediate forerunner of a worse ruin than any we have yet thought of. Were the back counties to give up their arms, they would fall an easy prey to the Indians, who are all armed. This, perhaps, is what some Tories would not be sorry for. Were the home counties to deliver up their arms, they would be exposed to the resentment of the back counties, who would then have it in their power to chastise their defection at pleasure. And were any one state to give up its arms, that state must be garrisoned by all Howe's army of Britons and Haitians. Howe is mercifully inviting you to barbarous destruction, and men must be fools that will not see it. In his third edition of Common Sense, published in Philadelphia, February 14, 1776, Thomas Paine warned of the danger of kings claiming a hereditary right. Most wise men, in their private sentiments, have ever treated hereditary right with contempt. Yet it is one of those evils which, when once established, is not easily removed. Many submit from fear, others from superstition, and a more powerful part shares with the king the plunder of the rest. Payne explained, the present race of kings, could we take off the dark covering of antiquity and trace them to their first rise, that we should find the first of them nothing better than a principal ruffian of some restless gang, whose savage manners or preeminence in subtility obtained him the title of chief among plunderers, and who by increasing in power and extending his depredations overawed the quiet and defenseless to purchase their safety by frequent contributions. Payne ended by referring to Muhammad in those days and traditionary history stuffed with fables. It was very easy, after the lapse of a few generations, to trump up some superstitious tale conveniently timed, Muhammad-like, to cram hereditary right down the throats of the vulgar. In the face of challenges, 
Thomas Paine ended the American crisis December 1776, stating, I thank God that I fear not. President Reagan stated March 20th, 1981, Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. This is why it is so important to continue to learn and to teach our history so that we do not repeat it. Our forefathers fought to stay free and to keep the future generations free from tyranny. It is now up to us to continue to keep our beloved America free. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Be sure to check out our show notes below, where you can donate to support us, check our references, or see what else we offer. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Thank you.